Welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. This week, featuring everybody's favourite deputy editor, Tim Burke, and making her EGLSM debut, residential reporter Akanksha Sonny. How are you both? I'm doing good. I always I always wait to see what my intro is going to be from you. That was that was a nice one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Akanksha, are you excited to be making your debut? Yeah, I'm excited. I know us, but yeah, excited. <laughs> that's that's exactly the combination we're looking for. Um, and yeah, it's it's been quite a week. So, so how did you both cope uh, with the 40 degree temperatures on uh, Monday and Tuesday? I stayed at home. I really thought about coming into the office because I thought the aircon would be fantastic. But living in Lewisham as I do, the thought of trusting southeastern trains to get me into town, <laughs> even though it's, it should be a 12 minute journey, um, it, 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 there were risks I wasn't prepared to take. Mm-hmm namely being stuck outside of Newcross or somewhere similar for about 50 minutes with um, with no fresh air. So I hunkered down here, fans fans on and made do. How about you? I took that risk, yeah. And I was stuck. <laughs> yeah, I took the, C- the Southeastern line as well and I was stuck outside Newcross. But the Ooh. thing is, coming into the office, I had air conditioning in the train by nice. some miracle. Yeah, but then going back, it was like 39 degrees and hot air was just in my face and it was awful bad idea so i i i actually missed the the history making uh tick on the the old uh, british thermometer because i was in i was in frankfurt for the weekend so i had beautiful weather but it was a couple of degrees lower than here and there was far more places air conditioned than here and uh, i got to my car at heathrow on 8 p.m on tuesday the hottest day on record in the united kingdom and for the entire hour and a half drive home, it was chucking it down. <laughs> and when we got out at a service station, it was blowing an absolute gale as well. But still warm. So it was like that weird combination of crazy wind, driving rain and high 30 degree heat. I, I don't want to derail this immediately, but how was Frankfurt? I, I went to Frankfurt for a, a in a previous job for work and I've only been the once and everyone who I met who worked there said there's nothing to do in Frankfurt like the the moment the nine to five ends everyone leaves the city because everyone lives outside and it's just a ghost town is that well, right we managed to have a good time because uh, we were meeting some German friends and we went with some friends and we, we got an apartment and um yeah so we were only there for four nights so really sort of three days so um we didn't uh, didn't run out of things to do particularly. Uh, probably the best thing was uh, during uh, the uh, the height of the, the the city working day on Monday. We we went up up to the top of the main tower, which is a wonderfully prosaically named uh, high building in the centre of Frankfurt, and we enjoyed spectacular views. Uh, so we we were all right, and because we had uh, we had drinks and food and uh, an apartment to enjoy uh, them in, so. That's nice. uh, but yes, uh, I could see how it might be quite quiet after hours. Sorry for taking us off on that tangent. No, no, you can edit. You can always edit that out if you want. No, no, I'm, oh, that that would be far too much work, Tim. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, uh, oh, just quickly, so you you painted a little bit of a picture of your of your your 
you're working uh, with fans and no doubt shorts on and, and but but what were the what were the cool grooves that got you through the hottest moments I barely had anything on you warned me that you were going to ask me about this and I thought I could make something up but I respect our listeners too much for that <laughs> I don't think I'd have heard anything over all the fans anyway it, it was just it was just that mechanical sound there's probably um, a genre of music that that sounds like anyway but I don't know what that is <laughs> So turning to the serious side of, of this heat wave, um, obviously record temperatures are a very stark warning of the harsh realities of climate change. And, and how has real estate been reacting to, to what we've experienced this week? Um, well, we, we opened with a piece on this, on this topic this week. I don't think that's necessarily going to be a surprise. I mean, it was, it was the story of the week, wasn't it? Um, and most of the commentary that we got from people across the industry around this was um, it was pretty downbeat, to be honest, as you probably mm. expect. Um, so one of the one of the quotes that that, that jumped out to me that um, that I think we used in headlines on this piece came from Chris Bowie Hill, who is uh, a director of innovation delivery at Hydrock, which is um, a sustainability consultancy. And he said that we we kind of knew this anyway but the the heat wave this week has just drummed in that the UK's buildings and infrastructure are as he put it dangerously ill-equipped to cope with um to cope with with this crisis and i think we've all we've all talked a lot about the net zero journey and obviously that that is a huge part of real estate as an industry responding to a crisis that it is in a very large part responsible for Lots of the commentary we were getting this week was also around how design now needs to change, how we need to think differently about the way that our cities are planned out. And people were talking about um, what they call blue and green infrastructure, which basically means using more um, using more water, blue and more plants green in, um, in, in the way that we lay our cities and our buildings out. Um, uh, Bowie Hill was talking about looking to um, looking to other countries that, that that perhaps are more used to this kind of weather and taking design elements from them so he was talking about barcelona's uh barcelona's gothic quarter and the kind of uh, the, the winding streets that give you more shade none of this really sounds like it's going to be an easy fix because you're not going to change the way that our cities um that our cities are, are, are laid out or designed that quickly um but it's it's just added even more impetus to to rethinking to rethinking the way that we the way that we plan the way that we design the way that we the way that we use space and when you hear people talking about about what we've seen this week becoming if not the new normal then something we, we're facing very much more frequently um i mean i found i found i found some of what i was reading this week really quite frightening mm. and it it's a pretty terrible time to be in the middle of both political turmoil and financial turmoil, uh, which may derail um, strategies for, for getting us towards our net zero target or, if, if anything, accelerating it. I think the fact that we had to hear so much about whether candidates for our next prime minister were interested in standing by a net zero strategy just seemed frankly ludicrous. Um, and yet now we're hearing that that actually what the government has been put, uh, what the government has suggested so far um, isn't actually even legally correct in terms of in terms of the level of detail they've given over a net zero strategy. So, no, I don't. I, I, I mean, there's no end in sight to the turmoil yet, is there? So I, mm. I, I certainly don't imagine we're we're going to get any any clarity over that in the near term, which is, um, well, it's even more depressing, isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> do you think against that backdrop it, it, it's going to lead to a, a lack of commitment in in boardrooms uh to you know to esg and and in, well particularly the, the e part i don't I don't think so, and I hope not, because I feel I feel that even if even if our government can't get the strategy laid out and its house in order, I feel like there's enough understanding of what needs to be done within the private sector, within institutions, within the kind of demands that the investors are putting on on companies. That regardless, it'll stay on the board. It'll stay on the boardroom agenda. I hope that's not wishful thinking. I don't. I don't think it is. I think. I think a, a lot of companies are, are well down that that road now, um, and hopefully there isn't there isn't any turning back. I actually agree. I've been speaking to a lot of investors and developers in BTR, who mm-hmm. are putting ESG at the top front of their uh, priorities, whether the government supports that or not. Good and uh, yeah, let's let's give you a, a proper EGLSM uh, welcome, Akansha. You've been pounding the resi beat now for quite a few weeks. Uh, what what are your impressions of the sector so far, and and how is it faring in summer 2022? Um, well, there's a lot of growth coming in. Yeah, it was a good time to join because literally everyone I speak to is just like, oh yeah, we're expanding so much. <laughs> so definitely um, a lot of new developments coming up that I've been chasing. Um, mm-hmm. My latest one was Long Harbour's development in uh, um, in East London. Mm-hmm. They have invested 110 million to develop 204 BTR homes. So this is actually the second venture with their Long Harbour multi-form joint venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a joint venture between Cadillac Fairview and Canada PSP Investment. Um, so that was a good one that I got this week. And uh, other than that, Knight Frank actually released their prelim- preliminary data. Uh, they expect the industry to expand to five billion by the end of the year. So yeah, a lot of growth coming in. That's good, and you're you're going to be keeping track of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Tim, it seems uh, strange to be asking you for news of the latest RICS review rather than Pui. Uh, but this time uh, it focuses on the RICS real estate portfolio. So what are the results? It does. Well, we don't quite know what the results are yet. Um, but you're right. The only things that are certain in life are death, taxes, and <laughs> you're always waiting to know what a report into into rigs is going to tell us um yeah this one is from um this one is from knight frank which has mm-hmm. been doing some work for the institution into what it should be doing with its real estate um footprint so um the rigs leases some offices it's got an office in birmingham that it uses for admin stuff but um it also notably owns its london headquarters which is on uh, great george street um and and fronts onto parliament square so um you know it's a very it's a high profile building um it it's very well known by sort of staff and members alike um and over the years there have been rumors about whether the organization should be holding on to onto that site or not and this week i had a chat with nick mclean who is the the interim chair of the rick's governing council he's also um he's also pretty high up in the hierarchy at cbre and um he was telling us about this this work that knight frank has been carrying out as to how the company how the organization can make the most of of its its buildings and in in London on, on Great George Street, um, that is likely to mean um, potentially 
giving over more space to members. So um, Nick said that what he wants to do is rekindle some of the glory of that building and have it somewhere where if you're a Ricks member and let's say, I don't know, let's say you usually work in Manchester, you've come down to London for some meetings, you want to hold those meetings in the Ricks HQ because it just, it, it shows off what the institution, uh, what the institution is. Um, but there are other, there are other uh, ideas that, that Knight Frank are going to be helping the Ricks look at, and that might include actually subletting some of the office space. Um, the organization's looking at hybrid working, so it, like a lot of companies, it, it won't need quite so much floor space for all of its staff. So they might end up subletting some of that, and that's a trend we're seeing across a lot of companies that are realizing they've just got more space than, than they're going to need after the pandemic. But Nick is, um, Nick is adamant that Ricks will hold on to that building. There have been questions over where they're selling it could actually free up money that, that mm -hmm. the organization needs to make some of the changes from, from recent reviews. But he he put it to me that he sees he sees that HQ as the heart of the heart of Ricks. And so for the moment it looks like they're they're going to be holding on to that. But you know what these things are like. The moment that the moment I say that, they'll announce that it's um <laughs> that it's being offloaded. So I'm not I won't I won't hold my breath. Uh, and in a hot busy week you also cast your mind back a decade uh, to the 2012 olympics uh, perhaps the last good thing to happen to britain uh, in your interview with <laughs> here east chief exec gavin pool yeah this was um this was really fun actually i made i made a trek from from stratford station to the here east campus in some of the baking heat at the tail end of mm. um of of last week and it was it was um it was really tough but luckily it wasn't on the monday or tuesday of of this week i've got that to be thankful for um yeah flown by hasn't it 10 years um mm. so we so yeah I, I sat down with with um with gavin Poole. so he's the he's the chief executive over at here east to talk through First of all, what that vision was, um, he he and colleagues had learned it was literally a couple of weeks before before the games happened that they'd won a bid for when after the for when the games were wrapped up to take over the broadcasting center, take over the press center, and and um, uh, turn them into something with a with a legacy, as the word is always used when you when you're mm. talking about the sort of post games um, real estate activity. So over over the years following, they they turned those two buildings, which are often quite difficult to turn around. You know, the broadcasting center is very tech focused. The building has a layout that doesn't necessarily lend itself easily to office space. So, but they've turned that into a million square foot plus hub for, for uh, tech and media, uh, video gaming companies. And it's been, I think it's been an inarguable success. Uh, that, it, that isn't always a given with real estate after the games. But um, they've got they've got huge names who've taken space there. Uh, BT Sports, one of the um, mm -hmm. sort of one of the best known um, multiple universities that have that have taken space. And as um, as Gavin put it to me, it, it, he wants that scheme to be looked at 10 years on as a real exemplar for the kind of regeneration that you can do with a project like that. So they've had a big focus on on giving jobs to local people using local businesses within their um, within their supply chain and um, and really trying to give something back to sort of Hackneywick, um, Stratford and that that entire area, which um, which obviously has seen has seen regeneration, not just from here east, but with a but across a lot of the um, a, a lot of the, the space there post games. Sounds good. Uh... Now, Akanksha, uh, with the great power of appearing on EG Light Sunday morning, does come the great responsibility of taking part in the quiz. Were, were you aware of that? Did you know about this? 
Uh, I think I may have heard it in passing before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a rare, fairly straightforward uh, news quiz this week. Uh, mm -hmm. Three questions each. Uh, okay. And seeing as though this is your debut, I will let you decide whether you would like to go first or second. 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 Okay, <laughs> so she's putting the pressure immediately. <laughs> right, Tim. Yep. Which luxury fashion brand I've never heard of has signed a 10-year lease for a London flagship in Notting Hill. Full disclosure, I've never heard of this either. And um, I had to ask, I had to ask uh, our dear colleague Pui how to pronounce this. And now I can't remember. It, is it, it's, it's written as, Frankie, it's all caps. Is it, it's, it's me plus, is it M? Is it M-E plus it, it, it is that, that. It, it almost designed to give our, our productions and sub editors um, heart <laughs> palpitations. Uh, but yeah, uh, do you, how do I say? Is it me? Put me and M. Me and M. Kangsha, can you shed any light on this? I think it's me and M. Me and M. Me there and you M. go. Me and M. As opposed to H and M. <laughs> or M and S. Or M and S. Okay, one nil to Tim. Uh, so, oh, Kangsha's fleeing the screen. Ah, she's no, back. She's got her pen. Uh, there's no written element to the quiz, so you should be all right. Uh, which managed office platform has launched an online booking marketplace for London? Do you know? Have you read this story this week? We get. Can we put the um um like the clock ticking <laughs> sound Absolutely. over this? Some thinking time. I'm not sure what 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 account she's looking at. What she's consulting. Uh, do you know the answer? Uh, was it Kit? Oh, she's pulled it out from somewhere. I'm not. I'm not quite sure where, but she's she's got it right. Yeah, now, I was looking at the best story. Yep. Yeah, Tim, uh, being being gentleman of a certain age, I, I like to think that if you get Kit, it comes with a flashing red light uh, and insists on calling you Michael. I thought that as well, but I know I didn't bother saying it in the office because I thought no one will no one will get the no one will get the reference. <laughs> right, Tim, your second yes. question. Uh, so this is the missing words uh, headline round of questions. So can you fill in the blank in this headline? Blank, buoyant, despite VC slowdown. Blank, buoyant, despite VC slowdown. And it is a two word blank. I know it's a two word blank. And I think <laughs> it's um, <laughs> uh, life sciences. It is life sciences. Uh, venture capital may be down, but demand remains robust nonetheless which is, of course, great news. All right, you're missing You didn't sound like you believed that. that would, I, I do believe is, it. of course, great news. <laughs> it is great news, uh, particularly for Evelina. Keeps her busy. Uh, your missing word, uh, Akanksha. Blackstone gets green light for Hertfordshire blank. It's another two-word blank. Hertfordshire, uh, Blackstone gets green light for Hertfordshire blank. Is it another two words? It is another two words. It's blank, blank. Film studio. It is film studio. Wow, how do you do it? Uh, it's a remarkable performance. Uh, two out of two for both of you. Uh, so it all will turn on the diary round of questions. So, Tim, uh, what are the most searched for 3D printed items on Google, according to this week's um, diary page? It was a piece about whether you can do, whether you can 3D print houses. Was it just houses? It is. It's 3D homes. Three out of three. This is according to the 3D printing experts on hubs.com. Uh, so they should know. Uh, right. Akanksha, to, to tie the quiz, it all comes down to this. 
where is currently homeless Christophe Garnier, founder of Upflex, planning to live with his family next? Somewhere in the US? Does that count? It, it, I mean, it, it's a half point, That's I think. It's somewhere somewhere in the US. But Tim, can, can you recall um, what, uh, the Garnier family is planning? No, I can't. I mean, if it's in the uh, uh, California. Uh, they are, he is currently planning to live in an RV uh, touring uh, the Western United States. Western United States, that's California. Yeah, yeah well, that is, yes. Um, There's no point available for you. you can't, no, I know, you can't. It's, just pri- it's just pride so, at this point. Uh, an, an exceptionally strong performance for, for your debut quiz at Cancha, but Thank Tim you. just takes it with three out of three. Uh, so how was, how, how was your EGLSM experience? Will you, will you be back for more? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, Good. as scary as I thought it would be, yeah. <laughs> Not as scary as you thought it would be. Excellent. And Tim, I'm sure you'll be back. I will. Well, I've got a couple of weeks off now, but but I'll try ah. to build up some um, uh, I, I'll build up some enthusiasm for being back uh, when I return. If you, if you if you don't mind sharing, what are, what are your plans? Um, I think a bit of camping. Mm-hmm. I think a bit of. I'm going to start trying to work my way through the um the pile of UCDs that I've been um that I've been acquiring. <laughs> because uh, it's starting That's, to block it's blocking you, light in the need, living room you're gonna need more than two weeks Tim I might do it's like <laughs> they, they look like that um that scene near the start of Ghostbusters where you've got the pile of books from the floor to the ceiling it's got a bit like it's got a bit like that uh what a great way to end uh, uh, an easy light <laughs> Sunday morning filled with cutting edge references <laughs> a pleasure as always thank you for having us uh thank you for being had uh and to those of you at home you have been listening to EG like Sunday morning